Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. and welcome back to another episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and I wanted to talk today, and I'm actually dedicating the entire month of October to movement. And you're probably thinking, well, this is a weird time of year for you to be doing that, but it is fall and I'm super excited. And naturally, our bodies want our, well, are preparing to go into more of an inward state. We're preparing for harvest. And if you didn't catch my blog on the fall uh, equinox, definitely check that out because I go into the natural energetics around the fall equinox. And so I think that'll help explain a lot about this cycle of the year for us. And so I thought in conjunction with that, that the entire month of October could be naturally dedicated to movement. And because I think movement is important throughout the entire year, and obviously depending on the seasons and the weather, we're more inclined to move in different ways than others. And I'm intentionally using the word movement and not exercise, because I know there's a lot of people out there that definitely have this aversion to any sort of structured exercise program or going to the gym or just um, being, I don't know, there's something about the word exercise that, um, that people try to, they sort of like rub against it and it's, you know, creates dissonance. And I want to create an energy of flow with your movement. And so with that in mind, because my word for the year of 2020 has been flow, and in some ways it's been perfect, in other ways it's definitely taught us a lesson about flow, I think, when it's been stopped for COVID or for any other reason, um, is that we need to learn to ebb and flow with the seasons and so embrace this also with our movement practice. And so whether you're a competitive athlete, or again, like a person that has a total aversion to any sort of exercise, I invite you to listen to this episode. And there'll be two more in October, because October is a long month. And then I have two blogs coming up in October too. The two blogs are going to focus on yoga specifically. And um Today, I just want to talk about movement outside of the realm of weight loss. And so you might hear me use the word exercise. I'm really going to try to not use that word because again, I want to talk about, so let's just start there. So what does your movement practice look like for you? Is it competitive? Is it non-existent? Is it hit or miss? Is it inconsistent, but there? Is it... 
um, balls to the wall, hardcore, maybe pushing yourself too far, pushing yourself into injury? Is it, you know, um, enjoyable? Is it competitive? Are you a competitive athlete? Um, are you a casual competitive athlete and maybe just do fun runs, which are awesome. There's a reason they're called fun. And so is your exercise, I'm sorry, see, I caught myself. Is your movement practice fun? Cause it should be. And is your movement a lifestyle and not exercise? Because that's key too. So wherever you are is perfect for moving into a new mindset and a new perception around your movement practice. So again, other things to think about, is it strengthening? Is it gentle? Is it restorative? Is it stress reducing? Do you feel rejuvenated after you have dedicated some time to movement? So this could be anything. It can be walking your dog. It can be just walking yourself in nature. It can be yoga. It can be running. It can be you know, um, backcountry hunting, hunting season just opened here last week in Northern California. And so um, I have been out there um, pounding the dirt in the mountains. And that is definitely movement, let me tell you. But some would argue recreation is not exercise. And so I want to actually say that I don't care if it's movement or ex or I'm sorry, recreation or exercise. I just want it to be movement. And so I think if we focus on what the the benefits of the movement can do for us, then it will reframe and hopefully dissolve some of those blocks because especially if we've been, you know, like been told you need to go to the gym this many times a day for this many minutes and you need to walk on the treadmill or you need to run on the treadmill or, you know, like pedal yourself into an oblivion on an elliptical or a spinning bike, whatever it is. Um, You can do all those things. And if that's what lights you up, fantastic. Keep doing it. But if you're one of these people that's just like, I just feel worse mentally after doing it than I do, you might feel better physically. But sometimes if your mind's not in it, then you might not feel so great afterwards. And so I encourage you to find a practice that lights you up, that keeps you encouraged and nourished and looking forward to the next session. And granted, I come from a competitive uh, athletic background. I grew up as a swimmer. I played, you know, community soccer on in the off season to keep myself in shape for swimming. But so I definitely grew up with that structure of, you know, you wake up in the morning and you go to swim practice and then you go to swim practice after school or um, after class in the, you know, the collegiate setting. And so um, definitely lots of structure, definitely lots of, you know, swimming back and forth in a pool, staring at a black line at the bottom. Um, so I think that's why now I, I, you know, I continued to go to the gym for years and years after I stopped competitive swimming, but now I feel very nourished and very rejuvenated by using nature as my gym. And I have, I still, uh, run competitively. I do, you know, um, fun little Xterra races and um, I've considered doing a triathlon, although still haven't made that leap yet. But um, 
anyway, it can be so building a um, a community of of fellow movers around you is definitely something um, that can help you along the way as well. So I've I've sort of strayed off of my um, outline here. But um, so we've talked about like, what does your movement practice look like? Now, because we can't change anything if we don't know what where we are now, and just examine it, look at it, accept it. No judgment. Like I said, where you are is perfect for, you know, laying the foundation for where you want to go. And so now I want to talk about why. So we have been inundated with these marketing words like health and fitness and optimal, and you've heard me use all of them. And it's become part of the vernacular, the jargon, the normal language that we use. But do we even know what these words really mean? These words have sort of been co-opted and taken over by marketing companies. And so technically the word health by definition is the state of being free from illness or injury. Great, but like health could also mean physical or mental condition, you know, um, and then it can be put into the context of so many different things. And again, these three words, and there's a whole list, and I just wanted to use these three as an example, have really been co-opted by advertising and marketing firms. So even the definition of fitness is the condition of being physically fit and healthy. Isn't that nice? (laughs) But really, what does that mean for you? And what does that look like for you? What is it? What is fitness in your life? What helps you feel physically fit and healthy. So being free of disease and feeling strong. I think when I think of fitness, that's what I think of is um, having strength and feeling strong. So now I want to get into the whys beyond weight loss. So why do we need to exercise more than just to lose weight? So I think probably one of the things that might be one of the most overlooked reasons to have a consistent movement practice and to move in some way every day is emotional health. And I think this is so important in the context of the crazy world that we're living in right now with COVID. And I think a lot of us are starting to move back into some sort of semblance of normal life. I hope most of us are. Maybe a lot of us aren't. But we're still, you know, maybe now you're homeschooling your kids or maybe you're working from home. And so getting out of the house every day to do your daily tasks now is almost like this wonderful privilege um, after being, you know, quarantined or, you know, under stay at home orders for so long for a lot of us in a lot of different parts of the country and even the world. And so um, I found this quote from Legally Blonde that I thought reflected this really well. She says in the movie, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy and happy people don't shoot their husbands. (laughs) So, um, And I think that it's worth saying is that when we move on a regular basis, that we do release endorphins and we do feel happy, we do feel better. And so I sort of alluded to, you know, like pounding that treadmill and maybe like not feeling that great about it. But if you do it long enough, your brain should release endorphins. And even if you didn't feel motivated and 
and good about it going in, you probably actually do feel better at the end. Again, if you did it long enough, because they've, they have done studies to show like how long you need to exercise in order to release those endorphins in your brain. And so exercise is definitely a particularly effective part of any treatment plan for depression and anxiety. So if you are actually suffering with through depression and or anxiety or both, and your plan does not include any exercise, then I implore you to find a practitioner of some sort that can help you implement this into your approach to your disease because it will definitely make a difference. Emotional health is number one of why we need and should have a consistent movement practice beyond the reason of just weight loss. And so again, with this episode, I'm really wanting to get away from all those marketing terms that we've been inundated with through like all the magazines and TV and movies and all that stuff. So another one that I mentioned a little bit before is a social out- a social outlet and support. Having a workout buddy is often touted as a way to keep you accountable to your schedule or to your movement practice. And, um, but that commitment goes both ways. Your exercise, your movement schedule can be a great way to maintain your friendships too. A weekly walking or even like a weightlifting date means a regular chance to connect and catch up. And if you're trying something new, like a boot camp or um, any sort of class, even a yoga class, having a friend along for the ride can definitely turn it into a bonding experience, a supportive experience. You know, like as you're fumbling through something new, it's always, I think, good to have someone there that can laugh along with you. I'm definitely a person that laughs at myself a lot. And it's always better when someone's laughing with me along the way. And so again, because laughter increases endorphins. So two things. (laughs) And so maybe you need to expand your social circle. I think, you know, our circles, I can all definitely speak for myself when I say my social circle has definitely changed since the on onslaught of COVID. I have um, several f- groups of friends, but the one that I think has sort of, um, let's say, dissolved a bit are my friends with kids. They seem to have isolated themselves more than my friends without kids, which I think is is interesting. But the point is, is that as we start to move back into some sort of normalcy, you know, these were girlfriends of mine that I used to backcountry ski and snowboard with. We snowmobile together and hopefully once winter gets here, we'll do those things again. But um it's, it's just different. And so I encourage you to get out there, find a group, find maybe just one person, maybe you're not comfortable being around groups of people right now. And that's totally cool, too. That's totally okay. And I and I get that. And I respect that. But definitely having that running buddy, that accountability partner, your workout buddy is definitely going to help you be consistent, be more accountable, have more fun, and maybe even try new things. So maybe, you know, you want to try this one yoga class over here, but your friend that uh, you've decided that you guys are going to work out together, move together, um, wants to try something else, like maybe like a rock climbing class, 
or something like that. I don't know. So like for right now, my husband is my hunting teacher, my hunting guide. So there's a lot that he's that when we go out, you know, I am the student. And, um, and it's nice. It's a, you know, definitely like a change in the brain chemistry and pushes you in different ways. And so I definitely encourage you to, to not only create that social structure, which again, is challenging now, but it, it can be done. And, you know, um, just be willing to be open to something new, finding a new community with people who you have with this, whatever movement you choose is going to be your one thing in common. And who knows what else you'll find that you have in common. So another um, aspect that a movement, a consistency movement practice brings into your life beyond weight loss is creativity. So uh, exercise, movement, movement, I man, I keep can't saying exercise today. <laughs> um, so your creativity is is boosted and supported when you move. So you might be pleasantly surprised that after a yoga class or um, a little, you know, even like a 5k, so 3.3 mile run, and you just find yourself like flooded with all these ideas and new ways of looking at things. So regular movement can definitely be linked to increased creativity. Because not only does it help bring in endorphins, but it also helps you release and declutter your mind and sort of get out of your head. So if you are out in nature or you're just actually maybe in the city where you live, running down a sidewalk or in a local park, um, even walking, you don't have to run uh that creativity energy is going to come in because you you're going to be refocused on something that's not work oriented or not kids oriented and not any of that stress um hopefully that's hanging over you and you'll be able to get away from it for a little bit then that allows that create the creative juices to come in so movement is also good for your body at any size. Again, like you don't already have to look a certain way or be in a certain amount of shape or not or be able to run a 5k in a certain amount of time to start this. You can start at any time, at any point, wherever you are. And that's what we should all be doing because we our lives ebb and flow. That's natural as prehistoric humans, we lived in conjunction with nature. Nature has four seasons, it ebbs and flows. And so I think it's actually a bit unrealistic for us to expect ourselves to not ebb and flow and to be so, you know, I don't want this to be like a militant consistency type of thing. I just want you to find something that you love to do that makes you feel good that you want to do every day. Because, um, this movement and this exercise will positively impact your physical health. It'll positively impact your mental health. So what are some of the physical things that can be improved on or can be, it can be a benefit of? So your um, bone density. So any sort of weight bearing exercise is actually more effective at creating and preserving your bone density than taking calcium um, at all. So if you uh, have a familial predisposition to maybe osteoporosis, 
then I would definitely encourage weight-bearing exercise. So that can be um, running, that can be lifting weights, it can be, you know, hiking up mountains with a a heavy pack on. Um, All of those can improve your bone density. Once you start moving regularly, your sleep quality improves because a lot of times if we're not sleeping well, it's because our mind is racing because we ha- our body hasn't expended that energy that it needs to to quiet itself. So improve sleep quality, a healthier heart, lest us not forget that our heart itself is a muscle and just like any other muscle in our bodies needs to be um pushed a little bit in order to be healthy and maintain its health. And so when you have a healthier heart, you have a lower blood pressure, you have a lower chance of cardiovascular disease, uh, you will have de- decreased re- decrease your risk of stroke. And um, women can improve, even men can improve their fertility. So the list of benefits in your physical body beyond weight loss can go on and on and on because movement is something that our body not only, you know, needs, but it's natural. Again, remember, our species is very old. And if you think about what we had to do as ancient humans, a lot of that is still built into our bodies. So sitting all day long is not natural. Moving is natural. But you know, so moving in ways that are natural. And that's one of the reasons that I love yoga. And I'll talk about that later too. So another reason that uh, a a consistent movement practice is good beyond the reason of weight loss is it'll keep you young. In terms of uh, movement on the, the effect of your DNA, exercise may be the closest thing that we have right now to the actual fountain of youth. And there's been a study of endurance athletes that found that their telomeres, so those little things on the end of your DNA, uh, that as we age, they naturally get progressively shorter. But those that consistently had an exercise practice um, had longer telomeres. And so they literally aged slower the more they exercised. So that's something to keep in mind. So that also goes sort of, you know, flies in the face of, well, you know, oh, you're over 40, you're going to have aches and pains. Not necessarily. Once you start moving and you start like treating your body with um, more love and a little bit more respect and and understanding that movement is a self-love practice, then, you know, a lot of those aches and pains will go away over time because as we're moving, we're also increasing, we're building our immune system and, you know, there's so many different things that we're doing for it. And so when you're having those aches and pains, that's a sign of inflammation in some way, shape or form. And exercise definitely helps decrease inflammation if you don't overdo it. Now, if you're out there um, doing something like CrossFit, CrossFit is a type of exercise that actually pushes your body to a certain limit for a very specific reason that does cause inflammation. But then, you know, the goal is to make you stronger, better, faster. And so ideally, your body will heal from the inflammation that has been created. And it will. But if you're one of those people that is maybe starting from a point of you're already nursing an injury, or you again, just have those aches and pains every day, then it's better to start with something more gentle and something, you know, with a lower, lower barrier to entry. 
that will help right off the bat decrease inflammation. So I think we, you know, want to keep that in mind too, that if we don't have to go balls to the wall straight away, I, I think it's actually better to work ourselves up to something a little bit more rigorous. And so gentle, gentle, restorative, because that is uh, sustainable. And we want to build something that's sustainable. So also too, the more we move, the better our relationship is with our body. So imagine how good it would feel to value your body for what it can do to do for you and not just how it looks. So again, this I wanted this to go beyond weight loss just for the value of how do I look. The, the mere act of getting some movement in is, again, proven to boost your self-image. It boosts your brain chemicals that help you feel good. And, you know, this is totally outside of any, again, this word fitness, any fitness goal. It's just learning to enjoy the physical act of moving around and starting to measure your progress in terms of strength or skill rather than pounds and inches. And this, again, will help you be happier, feel happier, feel better in your own skin. And again, like getting away from, you know, losing weight, because honestly, depending on what you're doing, if you're gaining physical fitness, which is strength, speed, skill, then you're probably building muscle, which is fantastic. But you also, muscle weighs more than fat. So as you build muscle, you will change your body composition. And that number on the scale might move in a way you don't want it to, but you're actually healthier. And so if you just keep doing the different strength exercises and things like that, then you will lose fat, but you'll also gain muscle. So keep that in mind. All right. So we talked a lot about some whys. And so now I want to talk about how. So how do we implement this? Do we want to do it daily? Yes. Is that realistic for you? I don't know. You have to answer that for yourself. Maybe right now, three days a week is, you know, is a good starting point for you. But as long as it's consistent. And uh, Tim Ferriss in his book, The 4-Hour Body, talks about using the yo-yo. So, and what that means is embrace the cycling. And so there's a lot of browbeating around the concept of yo-yo dieting. And yes, yo-yo dieting is not good for you. So if you're, you know, I think most women in our country have probably done this to themselves at some point where they've done this, well, I'm going to eat really strict and I'm going to lose some of this weight. And then they go back to their quote, normal way, and then they put it all back on. And so that's the definition of yo-yo dieting. But we are natural cyclers through eating more and eating less. And so if we can learn to use the yo-yo to our advantage, and we can even plan when we're going to have our cheat days, or when we are going to, you know, like schedule everything in, we can plan the ups and downs. And we can, again, use the yo-yo, use the cycle to our advantage. Because wouldn't it be nice if we weren't pathological about when we eat, what we eat, when we exercise, what we do, how long we do it for, blah, blah, blah. So it's, again, being more easy about it, adjusting our expectations, understanding that ups and downs are a natural part of being human, 
and just saying that's okay. But also understanding that if we plan the ups and downs, then not only does it take away that control, that pathological control aspect of our brain. But then we say we sometimes maybe you look forward to your cheat day. And that's cool. That's awesome. Um, Because then you can say, well, I just have to do this, this and this. And then I'm, you know, I can have my cheat day. But then once you have your cheat day, then you feel good going back to, you know, your, your quote, healthy way of eating and your healthy lifestyle. And so I, I want us to shift this perspective and be more easy on ourselves and be more compassionate. And so the first step of any change is awareness, and that's what today is for. But then the, the next step beyond that is to decide. So today, I encourage you to decide to say, yes, I am going to implement a daily or three-day-a-week movement practice into my life. And maybe that's just a walk down the street. That's perfectly fine and awesome and better than fine. So commit to yourself. Make a conscious decision. Say yes. And then the next step or maybe something you want to think about is especially if you have a um, an accountability partner or a workout buddy, make it a game. Or if you're one of these people that thrives off a of competition, make it a little competitive. Maybe you're one of those people that that's a total block and it's a total turnoff. So that's cool too. But just decide wherever you are, like what is going to help you be consistent and what is going to help you keep going, but also enjoying yourself. Because again, this is about really loving our bodies and again, appreciating how it moves for us and how we can be more supportive of our own bodies through this movement practice. So again, make whatever you decide to do, again, decide that make it doable. So make it small and temporary. And just focus on today, not tomorrow, not forever, just today. So what today are you going to do? Are you going to take a break from your, you know, work, get up from your desk, go outside, walk for 10 minutes. That's great. Now, do that today. And then tomorrow, ask yourself, what am I going to do today uh, for my movement? Maybe it will be walking. Maybe I will find a 10-minute yoga practice on YouTube for free that I know is going to be restorative and I'm going to stretch and I'm going to feel so good afterwards. So whatever it is, make it small, make it temporary, make it doable, focus on today. Don't future trip. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Okay. So you've heard me allude several times in this episode to yoga. And the reason I want to bring yoga into the conversation is that yoga can be gentle, it can be restorative, it can be sweaty, it can be strengthening, it can actually even be, you know, a pretty good cardio workout in and of itself. But your yoga practice is what you make of it. And so again, One of the other things that's really cool about yoga, it has a very low barrier to entry, meaning like there's not a lot of equipment you have to buy. It's not super expensive. You literally need a yoga mat and a place to do it. And that seems like, really, it's that simple? Yes, it's that simple because we have YouTube, which is this amazing resource of a lot of free information. And there are some fantastic YouTube channels out there that offer really great 
free yoga classes for all approaches, for all uh, skill levels, and definitely beginners. And so I think especially in this world of, you know, COVID, I don't know if we can even say post COVID yet, because I think we're still going through it. But so you don't have to go out and go to a class. And if you're having trouble finding those people to connect with, then it's something you can do in your bedroom or your living room or, you know, out on your deck. Or if you wanted to take your mat with you to the park, you can do it um, in the park. And so again, super low barrier to entry. There are definitely props you can use with yoga, but I'm not going to focus on that now. That comes later. Right now, I just want to focus on something really simple and really easy to start doing that is, again, gentle, restorative. You will definitely feel better afterwards. Yoga can help you improve your strength, increase your flexibility, have better balance, gain more mental clarity and focus, reduce stress in your life, and the implications of bridging the mind-body-spirit are literal. Like There's no better exercise to bring in mindfulness to your physical body, and if you're looking for that spiritual connection, is it's there for you. If you don't want that spiritual connection, that's cool. There are plenty of yoga practices that don't really touch on that. You'll get a little meditation at the beginning or the end, but you know you don't have to dive into that spiritual aspect of it at all. And so, sometimes maintaining a con- consistent practice can be challenging. I'm not going to like blow smoke up your ass and say that it's just going to be all smooth sailing. You're going to have days where you just don't feel like it or there's going to be days where you're so busy you're, you're like where am I going to fit this in? But some of the aspects that we cultivate through yoga is acceptance and compassion and this level of commitment and dedication. And so yoga also teaches us to let go of control and release self-judgment. And it encourages self-curiosity instead. And so all of these aspects are perfect, I think, for implementing a brand new consistent movement practice. And so this, those are all the reasons why I decided I decided to bring yoga into this month of October because I do think it'll be nourishing. It'll set us up for winter when we can't be outside as much. We'll still have something that we can do that, again, is strengthening and flexible and and nourishing and restorative and all of these things. And so here are just a few quick steps and then I'll wrap it up for today to to start your yoga practice specifically. So again, number one, decide. Decide that you're going to do it and just, you know, like start to build your foundation. So you need to get a yoga mat and it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just something that's non, non-slip because um, you don't want to slip and fall and hurt yourself. And so, um, and then you just need a space to do it in. And I encourage you, uh, if you can, to start your day with movement. So that just really at this point means getting up 15 minutes earlier, finding a video maybe the night before that looks interesting and doable for you that's dedicated and geared towards beginners, 15 minutes, get it queued up, go to bed, and then as soon as you're up, roll out your mat, turn on the video, 15 minutes, bing, bang, boom, and then you're done for the day. And so if you find that you tend to keep 
putting things off or if working out, you know, too late in the day actually like keeps you up at night, then the morning practice is fantastic. I love my morning yoga practice because it really sets a good um, mellow non-neurotic flow to my day. Um, I love working out in the morning in general, but when I find that when I start my day with a yoga practice versus doing some, you know, crazy weightlifting um, class in my sunroom, that my day just, I just have a different perspective and attitude throughout my whole day. And so, um, You can do it whenever. Maybe the morning is not the time for you. Maybe it's a good lunch break time. So can you find 10 to 15 minutes of your lunch break to do a gentle stretching yoga practice? So find the time, schedule it in, decide that you're going to do it, get your tools, which is just a yoga mat and some comfortable clothes and, um, and I, that's it. Like, that's what you need, right? So, but I'll, you, you might want to think about your intention. So, uh, like my intention today for this episode was to, you know, in, bring movement into your life without focusing on uh, weight loss. And I think I've done that. And so uh, maybe your, I think it's important to um, get clear on your intention too. So maybe it's because you want to bring down your blood pressure or, you know, build your immune system, or, you know, maybe you want to help your cholesterol. Exercise is great for bringing down your cholesterol too. So figure out what your intention is, write it down somewhere so you can come back to it, maybe adjust it, maybe change it all together. All of those things are good and great. And then uh, once you've done that, Make sure you celebrate your follow through. You know, it's good to celebrate the small victories. And because this will help you get back to your mat or get back to your runs or your walks. So just take a few moments to acknowledge that you had the discipline to do something that you did decide and that it does matter to you. And it might feel a little strange and hokey at first, but it's important to recognize even the smallest successes when you are working to create this consistent habit that in this episode we're calling a movement practice. So I want to thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. And I hope that this episode encourages you to build a very consistent but self-loving movement practice into your life. And if you choose that yoga is what you're going to do, then that's great. I'm going to include some resources in the show notes for today. So um, I have some of my own favorite yoga channels that I use And so I'm going to link to those in the show notes. And um, if you have any questions, comments, uh, definitely leave them uh, in the comment section below. Or if you want some more personal guidance, I myself am a certified yoga teacher. And so I would be happy to help you along in this journey. Or maybe, you know, you just need an accountability partner. So, um, and that is part of what I do also as a health coach. And so let me know how this works out for you, what you choose to do, how you choose to do it. I love hearing um, success stories and even challenging stories like, well, I tried this and these were, this is what came up for me because I think we can all learn from each other. And so I'm going to have um, some special guests on for my next two episodes later in October 
um, as we continue to focus on movement and building a movement practice and making sure that we are not growing stagnant as, you know, the fall and the winter move through. We want to keep keep moving, keep the juices flowing, keep our immune system up, keep our emotional health and maybe even improve on it. And so um, again, thank you guys for joining me. Make sure that you go over to iTunes and review Light Body Radio on iTunes. But you can also catch this on Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, Podbean. I'm on Alexa now, Amazon Music. I'm almost everywhere. Um, so definitely just tune in to Light Body Radio for the best and most up-to-date tips, tricks, and resources to keep yourself happy, healthy, and whole. Namaste. 